So, JB, I want to read from our text messages on uh, Sunday because, uh, you know, we, we talk about these things all weekend long. People don't realize uh, it's not just me attending games yep. and you twittering to death out there uh, all weekend long. We actually talk to each other. That's why we're friends, I think. I mean, there might be other reasons. I don't know. But here's the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I said to you after we were talking a little bit back and forth, maybe we should finally get Brett Tagela on this show. And you said to me, yeah, think. And I said, we've had no Cortland players so far, right? And uh, you, you suggested because of some upcoming games, uh, it might be a good time to do that. I believe St. John Fisher is next week and Brockport's the following week. We've got uh, some Cortica game coming up in a few weeks also. But you know what? Yeah, uh, out of respect to Cortland, uh, we're going to probably just focus, at least in the beginning of this interview, on what's happening next week and what happened this past weekend with Brett Segala, quarterback from Cortland. You know, Brett, it is about time because you've been putting up consistent numbers, at least for uh, since we've been doing this broadcast uh, on the video side of things. So finally, welcome uh, to you here on In the Huddle. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I, I watch your show every week, so it's it's definitely good to be on, and thanks for having me on today. I Actually, I should I include one thing. You did see our predictions show, and I, you knew what I was talking uh, yes. about, I think, about Alfred's sack numbers, I think 21 in the first five weeks, and I said they would yep. need to get to you in that game to win. And in a 10-point game with zero sacks allowed by your offensive line, you gave the kudos to your guys, uh, kind of branching off our prediction show. So you indeed do watch this, and thanks for kind of not rubbing it in too much to me because I picked <laughs> against you. That's no problem. That's no problem. We love it. But uh, I was I was tuned in. I saw the sack count number, and uh, I trust those five guys up front. They played one heck of a game, and I had to – Give a little, give a little something on Twitter there on Saturday after the game, and show some love to my five offensive linemen for sure. Why don't we name them by name? I normally we do shout outs later, as you know, but you know what? Because yeah. they are part of the reason that we're even talking about this whole thing. I think uh, a big part of it. Why don't you go ahead and name them? Yeah. So from left to right, uh, David Aronson at left tackle, Russell Howard, uh, one of our captains, is our left guard. Mike Bailey, our center. Russell Lugbauer is our right guard. Travis Alvarez is our right tackle. And I'd be reminiscent not to mention when we come in in our big offensive line packages with uh, Dede uh, Griffin, Jamie Mann, and then our two tight ends, Ricky Chenard and David Stegman. They all deserve the credit. Uh, they make me look good. They keep me clean on Saturdays. So all the credit goes to those O-linemen. Yeah, the, the moneymaker is protected uh, at all times uh, by those That's guys. Right. Well, well, speaking of credit, Brett, I mean, it, this was, truly was a, a, a team effort because um, – you know, you guys had a special teams play help you out. You had some uh, defensive plays help that helped you out. I mean, Alfred did their best to keep you off the field. I mean, they ran the ball a ton. I think they had a 36-plus minute um, time of possession advantage. So you didn't have as much time to get what you needed to do to get done. But when you when you were in, you, you, you definitely uh, ran the offense well. Tell us a little bit about the ebb and flow of that game and I imagine that that kickoff return uh, was it 84 yards or something like that from Cole Burgess really got you guys fired up. Yeah, Alfred came in with a great game plan of to keep our offense off the field. We came in averaging 48 points a game, and they were committed to running the football like they always are every year and keeping us off the field. Um, Cole, it goes without saying, he took two kicks back last year, takes a kick back this Saturday, blocks a punt that ends up for a touchdown. So. A shout-out to our special teams. Our special teams coordinator, Coach Spalik, uh, 
his first year here at Cortland, but he's really set up a great special teams from top to bottom that has given us a chance to win in all three facets. Um, and then you spoke on the defense, you know, those guys have been working their tails off since week one um, and led by our senior captain, Greg Alfieri. I love those guys to death. Uh, they just kept looking at me and kept saying, take me home nine, take me home. And they gave me a chance to uh, put this boy to bed on Saturday and our offense did what we needed to do. It wasn't the cleanest game for us for sure, but we're going to get back to the drawing board for St. John Fisher this Saturday for sure. Well, yeah, and you guys are definitely really starting the meat of your um, Empire 8 schedule with Fisher and then you know, obviously Brockport and you know, we'll, we'll cover some other teams down the road here. But um, was, at this point in the season, you guys are 6-0. and You're ranked number 19 in the nation. You're one of a dozen undefeated teams uh, remaining in Division Three. Last season, you guys were this close to winning the Empire 8 title. Um, and so... Was there like an added motivation coming into this season? I know you, you know, you're a senior, but I think you guys have a pretty big senior class. There's a lot of a lot of leaders on this team, kind of across the board. Um, was that yeah. sort of close call uh, last season? Sort of something that's really helped motivate you guys to keep you know, winning all these games. I think for sure. Um, I think it comes down to the our three losses. We lost three games last year by 13 points um, to Alfred, Brockport, and Ithaca. So. That really drove us wow. this offseason was we were 13 points from an E8 championship, a playoff bid, things like that. Um, but in the long run, it's about us. It's Coach Mack talks about it every week is we can control what we can control. Um, wherever we're playing, we got to put the ball down and go to work. And uh, this senior class, we really drove the underclassmen. But we also have underclassmen who are leaders too. So they deserve a lot of credit. Our freshmen deserve a lot of credit too for stepping into a group that was really established from the spring and making their presence known. So from top to bottom, the senior leaders to the freshman leaders, uh, everybody deserves a lot of credit for where we're at, and we just got to keep the ball rolling right now. Two weeks ago, though, uh, you had an interesting game against Morrisville State. Now, we look at what they did against Utica on Saturday, and we'll look at the week before what they did with Alfred yeah. in terms of a seven-point mm -hmm. game. And we're starting to get some idea right now that Morrisville State is really in it to win it themselves and with some great play, great players. So put on your coach hat for a second to the degree you can. Give mm -hmm. us some background right now about Morrisville. You've played them before. Is this an improved team, and is this making the Empire 8 even that much better right now or that much harder for a team like yours? I, I agree 100%. Morrisville always has been a very talented football team, a well-coached football team. Um, I know their head coach, Coach Fitzpatrick, they recruited me out of high school. and They've always been well-coached, and they've always been right there. Um, they played a great game against us a couple weeks ago, and in the Empire 8, you're never safe every week. Um, everybody can play Everybody can play ball, and from top to bottom, I think we're one of the strongest conferences in the in the country. So Morrisville is definitely starting to make a name for themselves with these games they're playing. Um, got a solid quarterback over there in Bill, and um, they played us tight. They gave us a run for our money, and obviously I saw the stats from Saturday against Utica, played a great game against Utica. So, I mean, all the credit goes to their coaching staff and their players for working hard and getting to the point today. <laughs> What's Coach McNeil telling you guys uh, this week as you get ready for Fisher? I mean, I guess it, it's it's human nature to you know to look forward to things. It's you know you've got a, a big game in two weeks against Brockport. Everybody knows about Cortica. It's going to be a giant stadium, probably the biggest crowd in Division Three history. Supposedly over forty thousand tickets sold for that. How do you guys focus in on a Fisher team, which 
almost knocked off Ithaca a couple weeks ago, um, has shown flashes of being a very potent offense, but historically has had a, a pretty uh, complicated, you know, defensive system with like the three-three stack and different stuff going mm -hmm. on. What, what, what's what's kind of the mindset of the team as you guys try to dial in on Fisher with all this other outside noise, top 20, Cortica, et cetera, going on in the background? Right. Like you said, a lot of outside noise right now. But like I spoke on it earlier, it's it's about us. We just got to show up. We got guys in the building today just getting into the film and getting ready for Fisher. Um, we understand how important of a game it is. Um, everybody wants to talk about Cortica, and I understand it. It's a huge game. And we're all excited for that opportunity, but we got Fisher first, and Fisher's our only concern right now. Um, we just got to come in, have a great week of practice, work hard, and we're going to go over there at 4 o'clock on Saturday and put the ball down, play our game of football offensively, defensively, and special teams, and we'll worry about those other games when we get there, but right now it's just straight Fisher, and let's go to work. You know we're going to still be yeah. persistent on these questions. So of, course. of course. Of course. I understand it completely. I, I completely understand it. I, I will say this. As Fisher this season has been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde story. It, you know, that game against Ithaca where they almost came back from 25 down uh, is obviously a real positive. Walsh and company did a great job to try to come back in that game and maybe should have won it in the end, if not for the interception. Uh, but then they've had some duds, uh, like against uh, Brockport, couldn't put up a point. And, you know, since that point, you just don't know what you're going to get. So we'll see. Uh, you know, the, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I do have a question, though, because you're one of the few quarterbacks on the other side of the ball that lost Joe Germanario on one part of your schedule, but gained him on the other part of your schedule, essentially. And you've played Ithaca enough to know what kind of team they were. You played Brockport enough to know what kind of team they were. How does this affect Ithaca from, let's say, you know, the last couple of years from the body of knowledge you have about them, how does it affect that team? Not asking you to give me, you know, inside information per se, but just kind mm -hmm. of, you know, this is a unique view, uh, to be honest with you. Like I'm saying, not many teams have to worry about this. Uh, Cortland does because he went from the Empire 8 to a team that's your main rival, essentially, uh, at the end of the day. Give us what you can, at least, and I promise Coach McNeil won't be mad. Um, you know, I've played against Joe a couple of times. Uh, we've talked a little bit. I've talked to him in the offseason. Uh, seems like a great guy, for sure. Obviously, a terrific quarterback. Has established himself at, at the, in the East region as one of our top QBs. Um, it's a great football team. Got a great defense. Uh, brought in a new coach a couple years ago, and Seems like he's kind of changed the culture a little bit, and you bring a quarterback like Joe in there where he just makes plays on on a consistent basis. So I think that definitely gave him a jolt. They obviously got Will Gladney, who's a great receiver. And, you know, it goes without saying, but Wahid Nabi was still a great quarterback too, and we talk on occasion, and he's always ready to go. So they're a deep football team at all positions. Um, he just bolstered their team even more for sure. Well, Brett, you're uh, you're you come from a you know a D three family, you could say, because I know you we were chatting before we we came on live. At, um, your dad, James, great name by the way, uh, played baseball <laughs> and football down in DC at Gallaudet. Who, uh, hey, they scored the most points in uh, in the East Region this past weekend, and they're having a they're having a good season. Um, but what led you to um, to pick Corlin? I mean, dad wasn't obviously uh, you know telling you where to go to school, but um, how did the, how did your decision-making process work out and I know you started off somewhere else and then you came then you mm -hmm. came to Corlin. So tell us a little bit about that and, and how you ended up 
with the Red Dragons. So, yeah, out of high school, uh, went to Seton Hill University outside of Pittsburgh. It's a Division II school. Um, really enjoyed my time there for a year. Uh, just wasn't the best fit uh, financially, football-wise, things like that. Coming out of there, decided to choose between, really, it was Cortland and Brockport. Um, and when I came and visited Cortland, I fell in, I fell in love with the place. Uh, I love the campus. I love this team, this coaching staff. You know, they make me feel at home. They make me feel like... I'm one of them. They care about me as a person, not just as a football player. So I came in here with the uh, the objective to join a good football team, but also become a better person. And I give all the credit to Coach Mack. You know, his analogies and all of his stories that he tells us every week, you know, have changed my life and have changed my outlook on life. So definitely the greatest decision of my life to come to Cortland and play football and go to school here for sure. A lot of uh, people uh, out there uh, sort of underestimate Division three and its power and you know uh, kids coming out of high school uh, kids these days. I tell you uh, they uh, They want the FCS or FBS scenario or D2 if they can achieve that thinking that that's the right way to go the higher the better Make the case right. uh, to folks about why division three. I guess it's the hashtag YD3 moment here uh, <laughs> Was ultimately the right thing for you. Tell folks what the differences are that you experienced at the very least. And I, granted, you didn't spend much time at Seton Hill. I get that. But right. you did get enough flavor, I think, probably while you were there versus where you are now. Why D3 in your mind? In the long run, if it's D1, D2, JUCO, NAIA, football is football. Um, and you're going to come to a Division three football school and you're going to get to experience fans who just want to watch you play. You're going to become your brothers and guys who have the same common goal as you. You're, you're playing football because you want four more years of playing football. Coach Mack makes the analogy, you show up here with 40 golf balls. You've got 40 swings, 40 guaranteed games left in your life. And, you know, now I'm down to four. And in the D3 setting, you know, I've got the chance to focus on school because I'm going to be graduating in May but also come and just play football, have a good time with guys who have become my best friends and just have the experience of a lifetime for sure. JB, he says he's got four left. I don't know about that. Four guaranteed. Yeah, there might four guaranteed. There might be there might be some extra ones popping up, but you, you alluded to it, Brett. Um, you know, you're you're graduating in May. Uh we we spoke to a linebacker from Salisbury last uh, last weekend. Uh similar major as yours. I think he's interested in getting into coaching. Um, is that where we're going to see you back on the sidelines next year, maybe? That That is the plan right now. I, I'd love to stay at Cortland and be on the sidelines for a couple more years and help these guys out and help them continue to get better and win some more championships here for sure. Well, Cortland has been a story for a long yeah. time. I remember uh, Eric Ren and I uh, actually did the play-by-play -play and color commentary while uh, In the Huddle existed yeah, right. for the uh, Alfred uh, Cortland playoff game a number of years ago uh, in like the second round around Thanksgiving time. And uh, while his uh, father was still alive, Stan Ren, who was a uh, big uh, Alfred guy way back in the past, and uh, you, know, you know, rest in peace, Stan. We still miss him. But uh, Cortland has been a powerhouse for so many years. Uh, I've been involved in Division Three uh, with my uh, union calling back when. So this is a, it, it really is a story of how some teams are mainstays, and they may fall off the chart for a little while, but then they find players like you, Brett, that really fulfill the tradition of Cortland football. So 
you are uh, a testament to Cortland being who they are still today. And we want to give you the opportunity at this point to send out your shout outs beyond the O-line. Uh, you can give them even more shout outs if you want, because it sounds like uh, <laughs> you love those guys. But uh, shout yeah. out to any uh, family, friends, teammates, anybody else that might be watching. Um, Really in the long run, my parents, um, they've done everything for me. I love my parents to death. Um, Obviously, every single teammate on this team, um, my little brother's on this team. It's pretty sweet to play my last two years of college football with my little brother. Um, but in the long run, some guys who deserve a shout-out are our scout team for sure. Um, they don't get any of the glory. They come and we've got freshmen on our scout team, offense and yeah. defense and special teams just going hard every single day, giving us the best look to get ready for Saturdays every single time. So they're never going to get a shout-out. But from me to our scout guys, and I hope they watch this, they deserve a shout out. They work their tails off, and I appreciate everything they do for our football team. I won't ask you to name names because I don't want you to That's awesome. anybody there. But uh, that is That's awesome. a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. Eleven guys plus, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. Awesome. I think that's the first time in the history of this show that anyone's given a shout out to the scout team. That's uh, that's classy stuff right there, Brett. I can verify that too. It, it yeah. is true. But you know what, Brett? I've been reading your name on our Crunch Time segment, as you know, multiple, multiple times over the last two years, especially. <laughs> and it's so good to finally get to meet you. Uh, we'll see. I will not, unfortunately, uh, be at the uh, Cortica Jug game, uh, but d3football.com is actually going to be there. So you get you get even better than uh, me and James. You get that. So yeah. I, I would have liked you and James for sure, though. It would have been it would have been a nice time for sure. We appreciate that. But uh, if there are playoff games in your guys' future, uh, you probably will see me at something along those lines. We won't rush that yet. But you, uh, you are as quality an individual as I heard along the way in the pipeline. Uh, this interview is proof of that. And we do appreciate your time and your fandom of uh, In the Huddle. Uh, we don't take that for granted. So make sure uh, everybody yeah. watches this. Make sure they all use different <laughs> computers so, so that we know that they're out there watching In the Huddle with Brett Segala. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on today. I, I think there was a point, JB, where earlier in the season, uh, you and I were both counting out Framingham State. And as our bottom line here says, never, ever do that. A team that actually <laughs> played well against Brockport, uh, you know, last season in the playoffs. Uh, you know, just I, I think we know now that Brockport's back as a team this year. And so when they faced them earlier in the season, they were facing a really good team again. And so we used that game sure. against them. We shouldn't have. And then we look at the score this weekend. Tell folks what happened, who we have on. Yeah, and a, and a, and a big 34 to nothing win. Framingham State uh, blanked uh, the Plymouth State Panthers. Um, so still in control of their, their own destiny and, and chasing another MASCAC title. Uh, but leading the way for the defense was junior defensive end Joshua Anadogo. Anadogo. Yeah. So Josh, tell us a little bit. I mean, you know, uh, as we were chatting before we went on, on the air, so to speak, um, you know, we had your teammate Eli Etienne on last year. Um, yeah. you know, when I brought up when I brought up the Plymouth State games, immediately it was like, oh, it was two two years in a row. Um, 
we, we should have beaten those guys. You guys finally did it. How does it feel? Hey, it felt awesome. The the past couple of years, we um lost to them. It was it was a drama. It, a bunch of stuff happened. We game plan this week. Uh, it kind of got boring for us. It was just so eager to play. Um, once we stepped on the field, it it kind of took 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 away by itself. It was a fun game. After the game, we all celebrated. Now we're on to the next game. Well, uh, definitely on to the next game, but let's go back in the season a little bit. You heard the introduction uh, earlier. Uh, you know, this team seemed to be struggling at times uh, early on in the season. The Brockport game aside, it wasn't the best of starts for this team. And it takes leadership, yeah. obviously, to t- turn things around. What was your role in trying to get this team to stay focused? I, you know, was it the old mantra, hey, just we've got to win the conference either way, so don't worry about these games. Let's learn from them. Or what were you telling your team? So we we take every game seriously. Um, yeah, obviously we want to win conference games. So if we do win, um, lose a non-conference game, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But we win in both those um, non-conference games against Endicott and um, Brockport. Ready to win, um, Endicott. It didn't go our way. We still were trying to figure out some things with the defense and as a team. Brockport, we kind of brought it together a little bit. Um, it was honestly a battle of defense at that point. Two uh, pick sixes yeah. from uh, Brockport's defense. We shut down Brockport's offense up. So, I mean, we didn't we didn't totally feel awful about it, but it it definitely um kind of gave us an edge to just try to run the table. So our friend Matt uh, Noonan told me to ask you about uh, your defensive coordinator, uh, uh, Coach Landers, who oh, I Landers. guess is a, a strong, uh, strong personality and and a um, you know definitely you know someone that, that you guys look up to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, speaking of the defense, the last two weeks you guys have only allowed one touchdown. It's really you know after the shootout with uh, UMass Dartmouth, where where you guys prevailed to, to put yourself in this position. Um, the defense really seems to have turned a major corner. Uh, what's been going on with uh, either what Coach Landers has been coaching you guys to do, or just the the play itself? Because you know, right now you you guys pitched a shutout last weekend. The weekend before, you only allowed a touchdown, and like you said in the Brockport game a few weeks ago, basically shut them out. Also, so what's going on with the uh, with the defense up there in Framingham? Yeah, we we love Coach Landers. Uh, last year he was um, coaching wide receivers, and then um, this year he um, stepped up to coach um, defense. He, he's just teaching us everything that we didn't know, telling us that we got to play together, stuff like that. Each week we get better. Each week we learn something new. Um, I think that's where the shutouts are coming from. We're, we're never stopping. Well, uh, there's a team that's coming up that's uh, not uh, keen on getting shut out by anybody, uh, obviously. Uh, and they've been putting up some yeah. points against Westfield State. It was a, kind of an ugly number by the end of the game, at least. WestCon, yeah. um, this is a team that I think has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder after some of the things that happened at the end of last season. Um, you know, they started hot and then kind of uh, fizzled out toward the end. And some things happened, obviously, that uh, kept them out of a, a postseason uh, bowl berth, for instance, that we're not going to get into too deeply here. But this is a team that is well aware of who you are and well aware of what you just did to Plymouth State. 
how do you game plan for this team? And kind of, you know, David James is a name that we've uh, said for a little while. Uh, and yep. those three well, sacks you had might be necessary uh, again this weekend. How do you prepare <laughs> yeah. for this game? Um, the way we prepare is don't take them lightly. We know they're a good team. They they pick put up points on every team they play. Uh, their defense is loud, rowdy. But I think when um, people play Framingham State, it's like it's a different game. We we bring some toughness. We bring some smarts. We bring a little bit of everything to that game. So I think it will definitely be a good game, and we just got to keep keep preparing for them. Honestly, just never take them lightly. Oh, just think, stay one step ahead of them, basically. Josh, what do you think the fact that you had an opportunity to already play against Mass Dartmouth and I mean, they have a, they're having a great season. Their quarterback, uh, Stephen Gaychuk, is having a great season throwing for a lot of yards. You guys, you gave up some points to them, but at the end of the day, you made enough plays to, to win the game. Um, and it might be the case, you know, against David James and the, uh, and, the, and the Colonials this weekend. What can you draw from that experience uh, from a couple weeks ago to apply to this weekend's uh, matchup? Um, so during the game of UMass Dartmouth, we kind of, um, kind of exploded as a, as a defense arguing, it was loud. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to keep the team together for this week, not explode, not, not get too far of the game off the game plan. Um, but really that game was tough. It, it was, it was a little scary, but we pulled it through. The people that had to make had to make those plays made those plays, and I'm just hoping that we can do it again. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Gay Chuck and Company. Uh, it's a surprise to a lot of people just how well they're doing this season, but they are consistent in that respect. And you guys did a great job in that game, no doubt, defensively. Uh, let's talk about you. Uh, last season, uh, you look at the stats, and uh, I think we only see four games played. I believe it was last yeah. year. And so uh, you're technically a junior. Kind of explain what happened to you to folks that don't know your story and how you've recovered from the situation. Yeah, so um, last year I got uh, hurt during camp. Uh, I, I tore some cartilage in my right shoulder. It wasn't too bad. I went, uh, went back to play, played some games. The third game in, I broke my hand. So... I just I, I made a personal decision. I talked to my family. I talked to my coaches to to register and take the take the year off to get healthy again, so I can um, help the team best I can. How's the recovery at this point? How's your hand doing? How's the cartilage? Oh, it's awesome. I feel great. I've been trying to uh, trying to stay on top of it, but I'm. Let's ready. see. Let's see, Frank. Uh, yeah. One, two, three, three sacks. One, two. <laughs> Three tackles for loss. I think I think that hand is doing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Six hey, tackles. It's, hold, it, <laughs> it's yeah. holding up. It's holding up. Yeah. Josh, so Joshua, you're from uh, you're from Wareham, Mass, which is uh, on Buzzards Bay. Yeah. I mean, how did uh, how did some of these schools like you know the Buccaneers not you know rope you into you know staying uh, closer to home? Um, were there other? I imagine there were other schools you were looking at, uh, you know, prior to, to enrolling in college. But what ultimately, uh, you know, brought you to Framingham State, and, and uh, you know, you got one more year to go. But how's it been? Yeah, to be honest, Framingham State was the only school that I applied to. Um, wow. I talked to um, Coach Kelly. That was that was the only coach I spoke to. I had a meeting with him and. 
at that point, I just I just wanted to play football. I um I wanted to go in a higher division and play with some um, better teams, but I love Framingham. It, it's it's taught me a lot, and um I can't say much about it. That I'm here now and I'm trying to make the best out of it. This game is uh, coming up is uh, at home uh, for you. Um, I've noticed on the video cast that you have a very dedicated home crowd uh, that can uh, come yeah. to these games. And I have a funny feeling that there's going to be a larger than normal home crowd knowing what's at stake in this game. Uh, in honor of the fact yeah. that uh, you're playing at home, I got some Dunkin' Donuts instead of Starbucks today because <laughs> you know that Dunkin' is Massachusetts version of uh, coffee. Uh, there you go. Absolutely. But uh, tell us about the home crowd uh, generally and the fans uh, that uh, Framingham State has grown accustomed to during what has been a really great run over the last few years, especially. Yeah, the home crowd is nice. It's, uh, it brings everybody's families in. It's close enough. Um, again, the school is always there. We have the support from them. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like a a family vibe. It's, it's, when we make a play, they they know about it. They're loud about it. They they know what we just did. So it, it definitely, I think, helps us as a team playing about it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to bite the bullet for this one, JB, uh, out of uh, respect for you. So this is that point where, uh, Josh, you're going to have a lot of uh, friends and family have a funny feeling from uh, what you've <laughs> talked about to give shout-outs to. This is your shout-out time to any family, friends, teammates that might be listening. Now, I always say the player's name before I do this. So let's see if I can get it right the 18th time now. Joshua Anajogu. Uh, that was close. So good. It was close. It was close. Yeah, it was close. Jo Joshua Anajogo. Here's your shot. Anajogo. All right. Um, let me shout out my, my father, Obi Anajogo. Let me shout out my mother, Mary McDonald. My siblings, jo um, Justin, Jazzy. Josiah, Jeremiah, Jess. Um, let me shout out my D-line. I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have them. Um, I'll give a shout out to Coach Landers for teaching us everything that he's been he's been trying to get us to excel at. Uh, Thomas Kelly, the head coach, best man. Um, D-line coach, I guess, right? Uh, coach Walsh, yeah. Coach Blakey. Yeah, that's that's it. That's that's a, hey, I love it. I, that one of our uh, larger lists, and I, I we want to give a quick shout out. Uh, Kathy, your SID uh, has uh, always been great with us, and so we want to uh, thank her for setting up uh, this interview and uh, all the other mm -hmm. uh, work that she has done for us over time. Uh, Framingham State is a school uh, that we uh, I think it was the first state school that we had uh, besides Brockport, maybe. Uh, that we had uh, a player guest from on our video version of the show. So you guys are near and dear to us uh, from uh, back when. Yep. And we appreciate Kyle McKinnon uh, from two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle McKinnon. Exactly. You got it. So uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, good luck this weekend. Uh, we, we are friends with West Con, too, so we can't pick sides here, but we do want to see oh, a great right, game. Absolutely. I want you to. There we go. Thanks again <laughs> for joining us. Hey, thank you so much. Have a good day. Uh,